0: to another wonderful episode of Bite Size Podcast. Uh, I think this counts as number three in this series, so... Yeah. We're Maybe really we split the doing first it. One. Yeah. yeah. We out here... Um, this is being recorded in advance, just so everyone knows. It's the 29th of September, so it is verily approaching the spooky season, and that is why we are doing our spookiest subject yet, ghost hunting, still. <laughs> Um, if you haven't checked out the first two episodes we kind of dig into the history of ghost hunting so definitely go back and check those out um yeah yeah you can find us everywhere we're literally i think we're on almost everything if we're not on something you can definitely go to our website uh which is bite size podcast.com that's b-y-t-e-s-i-z-e podcast.com Uh, And you can tell us about it either through the mail button at the bottom of our website page or through any of our social medias, which are all linked there. Uh, You should also do a quick follow uh, if you like receiving updates, um, especially with new episodes and stuff coming out. It'll be super fun. Also, coming in uh, for October, we've got a bunch of really awesome extra content that we're going to be doing for October for our Patreon subscribers. Um, If you're interested in supporting us and helping us stay on the, uh, digital plane of existence, (laughs) Um, definitely check out our Patreon. We have different levels of subscribership and, uh, and all that information is available from our website as well. Yes. Uh, also, whatever you're listening to this on, please, if you could give us a follow or subscribe, and if you can have the ability to uh write a review all of those reviews help bump us up on the uh you know the billboard hot 100 of podcasts is that a thing (laughs) no it's not (laughs) but it definitely like like it i um it helps like the algorithm like the more people that review it and like have like positive well i know that i just
1: was wondering if billboard actually had one of those
0: (laughs) i mean i honestly wouldn't be surprised at this point because podcasts are so popular i would maybe we should look into that is Billboard still around? <laughs> I don't pay enough attention to, like, this is going to sound so shitty. It's going to sound so stupid. I don't pay enough attention to, like, mainstream music to, like, know any of that. I'm pretty sure everything's just fucking TikTok songs anymore. Yeah. So, I don't Well, know. and I don't
1: think that sounds stupid because I think that's part of being, like, around 30.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That, too. <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. too old. I don't listen to the radio. I listen to fucking podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's <laughs> fucking real. And then all of the music that I listened to when I was high school in, like, my early 20s, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so welcome back to the show. <laughs> yes, uh, you yes.
1: How have you been? Uh, good. It's actually, today is actually feeling like fall. It's uh, kind of chilly. It's damp. There's some dampness around. Amazing. Um, Yeah, it's like my favorite kind of weather.
0: Yeah, it was fucking gorgeous today. And it was so cool outside. And I just got this uh, sweatshirt that says property of Miskatonic University. Um, Arkham Mass established 1861. So that's all you're wearing this season? Yeah, pretty much every single day um, over whatever else I'm wearing as just the outfit itself, you know, with leggings, with shorts. absolutely. (laughs) Um, But it's super funny because I I went to the store today and I was like behind a lady because there was like a bunch of stuff getting checked out in front of us and she turned around and she was like, man, I've been standing here for forever. They were like checking out a bunch of craft supplies, which good for them, but also like I had like three things. Oh, yeah. So I get into this conversation with this lady and she was like, Oh, are you in school? Cause she sees me wearing this like oh very college oriented sweatshirt. And like, this is not the first time that this has happened. Um, since I've gotten the shirt, which I've only had it for two days now. So <laughs> I was like, uh, no, not anymore. Um, this is a, it's a, it's a small liberal arts college. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty like on the down low. Not a lot of people have heard it. And it's like, it's, It's so bullshit, obviously. Like, I mean, but I had fun with it. And if anybody else responds like, oh, is that where you went to school? I'm going to be like, yeah, it was a super great experience. I love the East Coast. I, uh, yeah, I was a lit major. (laughs) My whole family went there. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, fell into a really good group of friends. We had a lot of just late nights in, you know, the medical lab together <laughs> just like, just kind of like make a play on it but yeah it's super funny I've only had one person actually recognize where it's from but today was beautiful and the pumpkins are finally out at like all of the like farm stands along the road and I'm living for it oh yeah we
1: just bought our pumpkins this last Saturday oh so good I have to go we some pumpkins. really good ones this year like fucking solid. Normally I have to, like, dig through because I like a traditional like, I always just do a traditional jack-o'-lantern. I don't fuck with anything else. Noah goes elaborate and he's good at it, but I just want to do a couple of triangle eyes and a little spiky mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So I always have to, like, dig through and find, you know, the perfect looking pumpkin. And this time I walked right up and I was like, oh, there she is. Right there. Right there.
0: Right in front. Right down front. Look at you. Got it. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh I'm so excited for spooky season um I think we're gonna watch the labyrinth um my friends have like a projector and we do like movie nights outside and I think we're gonna watch the labyrinth coming up soon I'm going to a murder mystery party for Halloween Ooh, and I just really did a murder mystery
1: on it. Saturday oh my god how was it it was actually really cool we did that clued up the one that's like on an
0: app and they come to your city and like whatever
1: it what? was like, yeah, it's like Pokemon Go for murder or something.
0: <laughs> that sounds actually amazing. I have to check this out. Yeah, it was Clued super to dope.
1: Town? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you just like walked around downtown. Um, it was like a maybe five block radius. Um, and so like you ha- you have your map like in Pokemon Go and you can see where like, um, like clues are or... Uh, like, a witness or a suspect or something, so you have to, like, actually walk over
0: and, like, interact with the thing. Hmm. We solved it. That's awesome. And that also sounds way more fun than Pokemon Go. Like, I played Poke Like, not to disparage Pokemon Go, because I definitely played... Um, but that sounds super, super fun. I'll have to check that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. We actually won a prize, too. We won uh, Best Group Picture. We dressed up like the Clue people.
0: Oh, of course,
1: and uh, <laughs> I can I got. I came up with our group name. Guess what it is.
0: I, I can't. There's so many options, especially if you went traditional Clue with a We were Motley uh, Clue. Motley, oh my fucking god! I, was I love Peacock. you so much, so much. <laughs> motley clue amazing it was pretty fun
1: yeah it was miss peacock it was a good time
0: yeah fucking looking back into the past with that one i haven't seen or played clue like seen the movie or played clue in a really really long time i haven't either gotta do that the movie was on netflix for a while um it might be again or still just because tis the season you know yeah, and it's, it's kind like, of a spooky, creepy.
1: Yeah. Guy. They're in that house that's kind of creepy and weird.
0: Yeah. There's a <laughs> You're right. there's there a murder. So, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh speaking of things that happened in the past, uh today we're going to be talking about a little bit of the tools of the trade of ghost hunting. segue um, Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna start uh just scooting around you know me and my two wheels just segueing it up (laughs) um um, so we're gonna kind of take a look back at history and talk about some uh traditional practices obviously if you listen to our two history episodes before this um we talked a lot about seances and mediumship and like communing with spirits Um, and that whole practice. So if you want to get more into that, um, definitely, I mean, you should listen to the other two episodes anyways, because I think they're super interesting. Um, Like there's a lot of really cool stuff. um, But that is mostly explained there. So today we're going to talk about um, kind of like other tools of the trade chronologically leading up to, you know, some of the new tech that we see on like, my favorite ghost adventures, (laughs) Um, or the old like TAPS crew and things like that hell yeah um so the first one we're gonna talk about is the ouija board um the wedgie so the, board the, the the luigi board <laughs> the wega board <laughs> can i talk to spirits with a widge board
1: <laughs> that's so fucking weird
0: it's great Um, if you want to know what we're talking about you can go to our patreon and listen to our episode about yahoo answers oh yeah we did talk about it Plug yeah (laughs) (laughs) um anyway so we're talking about oracle oracle boards or ouija boards um so the idea of using a planchette or like a It's sort of like automatic writing, but it's not automatic writing because you actually have, like, your hands on it, but you're letting the device itself, like, move to, like, give you a message. has actually been in, like, circulation since the Chinese Song Dynasty, which was 1100 AD. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I actually watched, you can watch a cool video of them still doing this today. It's called Fuji, which is planchette writing. And their are different than the one that we see with a classic Ouija board. It's like a, almost like a dowsing rod, like a Y-shaped thing with a pen on the end. And okay. it either has like a brush or it's like a stick that they use to write in ash or sand. Um, and the person that's communing with the spirits or the deities um, kind of moves their hands about... I mean, Well, they don't move their hands. Like, it's the whole thing is that they're being, you know... controlled controlled by the spirit and that it's automatic writing happening and then they write out characters and then that message um is passed on and and written down okay 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 and uh the scriptures of the i hope this is correct the dao zhang um which was a, a a taoist canon um that's like 1400 texts that were collected around 14 ce by Taoist monks. Um, Those were all said to have been done through planchette writing, um, the Fuji planchette writing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Moving on to our more modern understanding of the planchette with Ouija boards, um, Elijah Bond and his co-inventor, I'm going to fuck this up, Jishnu Thayegaryon. Holy shit. What the fuck... (laughs) I think that was pretty close, actually. Where, where are you? I want to look at it. <laughs> it's down at the bottom okay. on that page. Jishnu Igari. Yeah, it's spelled the way it sounds. Yeah. Right?
1: You mean it sounds the way it's spelled? Yeah. Does it? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, see, I think my name sounds exactly the way that it's spelled, and people fuck it up all the time. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I think I did a good job. Um, So they actually patented, they were the first quote-unquote inventors to patent a planchette sold with a board on which the alphabet and other characters were printed, and that was starting in July of 1890. Oh, dang. Um, Yeah, uh, so a little bit about our sources here. Um, Comes from a Smithsonian MAG article, The Strange and Mysterious History of the Ouija Board, Um, and also a live about article, uh, just titled who invented the Ouija board. Uh, so that kind of, uh, talks about that, but they essentially, they were the first ones that started, they patented, they advertised it. And in February of 1891, there were advertisements in papers in Pittsburgh, um, talking about Ouija, the wonderful talking board. Um, describing it as a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy, and promised never failing amusement and reaction for all classes. Which is funny because games and cards and cardamancy and, and things like that. There's like a weird historical class split up between different people. Like very similar. We were talking kind of in our first episode about the history of like seances about how like people you know, would come from all different classes. They would pay different amounts to, like, have these seances done to be able to talk to their dead relatives. And it was, like, you know, there's a separation of the classes because, like, people can pay for that sort of thing. Right. Whereas this, you're talking directly. So, like, it's, you know, everybody can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so there was also an advertisement in a New York newspaper declaring it interesting and mysterious as proven at patent office before it was allowed. Huh. Um so they actually like went to the patent office and proved that it worked to in order to get the patent and it was priced at a dollar 50. Okay, okay.
1: So um, now you can like buy them from like Mattel and stuff, right?
0: Yeah, so Mattel makes I I believe it's Mattel that makes one. So is there um, like an
1: open patent now like or I don't
0: know. I actually didn't look up the patent, but I can patent on the Ouija board. <clears throat> Bond filed for patent protection and thus created with the invention of the Ouija board. Issue date on the patent was 10th of February, 1891. Um, William Fold, whose Baltimore company patented and manufactured Ouija boards for seven decades. That's a different guy. Okay. Hmm. Uh oh it does talk about it here in the Smithsonian article let's see here because that is actually I should have looked this looked more into it Um da, 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 da. obviously we'll edit this for time <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but now I just need to actually know
1: yeah because like they- When I saw that Mattel had one, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Why are you selling Ouija boards to children?
0: (laughs) All right. According to interviews with the descendants of the Ouija founders and the original Ouija patent itself, which he's seen, the story of the board's patent request is true, knowing that they couldn't prove that the board worked, they wouldn't get their patent, Uh, Bond brought the indispensable Peters to the patent office in Washington with him when he filed his education there. The chief patent officer demanded demonstration. They did it, faithfully spelled out the patent officer's name. Um, A white-faced and visibly shaken patent officer awarded a Bond patent for this new toy or game. Uh, The first patent offers no explanation as to how the device works, just assertions that it does. Huh. And so, something like, went down in that fucking office. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, ultimately, it was a moneymaker. They didn't care why people thought it worked. And it was a money maker by 19 sorry 1892. The Kennard Novelty Company went from one factory in Baltimore to two in Baltimore, two in New York, two in Chicago, and one in London. Shit. By 1893, Kennard and Bond were out owing to some internal pressures and the old adage about money changing everything. By this time, William Fold, who'd gotten in on the ground floor of the fledgling company as an employee and stockholder, was running the company. Um, notably Fold is not and never claimed to be the inventor of the board sorry this is all from the smithsonian magazine article um and in 1898 with the blessing of colonel bowie bowie colonel bowie i know that (laughs) fucking i'm so (laughs) stupid sorry uh the majority shareholder and one of the only two remaining original investors he licensed the exclusive rights to make the board what followed were Boom years for fold and frustration for some of the men who'd been in on the Ouija board from the beginning. Public squabbling over who'd really invented it played out in the pages of the Baltimore Sun. Ooh, rough. Ooh. While yeah. the rival boards launched and failed. In 1919, Bowie sold the remaining business interest in Ouija to fold, his protege, for one dollar. Aww, Aww. That's very nice of him. Uh, the boards isn't now more blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah the jazz age everyone loved it great uh during the great depression the fold company opened up new factories to meet demand for the boards over five that seems odd (laughs) over i mean the great depression was like a crazy time for spiritualism obviously we talked about that but also it just seems odd that we'd be opening more factories because there was you know everyone was i guess people want to talk to dead people yeah people were really trying yeah (laughs) um so the year after Parker Brothers bought the game... Oh, that's who it is. It's that's Parker who it Brothers is. that does yeah. it. Yeah, it's not Mattel. It's Parker Brothers. Um, so they bought the game from the Fold Company. Two million boards were sold, outselling Monopoly. That same year, it saw more American troops in Vietnam, the Counterculture Summer of Love in San Francisco, and race riots in Newark, Detroit, Minneapolis, and Milwaukee... Uh, in 1920, National Wire Services is recorded. That would be blah, 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 blah. Hold on just yeah. a moment.
1: Okay, I'm back. I had to look at my dog because he made, like, a weird bark.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um yeah so essentially there was back and forth as the game started to gain notoriety and and essentially funded an entire toy company which was then sold to uh the parker bros who are the famous uh monopoly creators um and that is who still makes the board today and they do all kinds of different ones they do uh, glow in the dark ones which are really okay. cool and fun cool. yeah um but that original design that everyone is used to seeing which of course is the uh, hello goodbye yes no and the alphabet and the planchette with the i uh was the you know based on the original design. just a classic yeah it's so cool it's such a good aesthetic i love it i love that they really haven't changed much however you can get different kinds like from all over the place. In fact, there's some really cool ones on, like, Etsy and stuff like that. I personally have an Eastern European family that was always like, do not fuck with that shit, or you will kick you out of the house. <laughs> uh, because they thought that you could summon demons with it. Which you can, probably, honestly. I haven't really looked into it because I have only played with a Ouija board once, I got terrifying fucking results, and I never want to touch a motherfucker again. My they mom really had, cool. a, had a
1: moment... In her childhood, that, I guess, emotionally scarred her with a Ouija board, so she also didn't want one in the house.
0: Yeah, no, I, I remember going into it, because I was probably, I was, like like, 16, so, like, I was, like, a teenager... Um, so I was fully cognizant of what I was doing, and in the back of my head, I just remember my dad talking about, like, kids that play the weed- with Ouija boards go to fucking hell, and you're gonna get fucking possessed by a demon, and it's gonna be a bad time, and then it really was a bad time, and so I haven't touched one since. I still think the aesthetic is super cool, but yeah. I'm just not ever probably gonna have one in my house um I actually have seen one of the original uh Parker Brothers Ouija boards when they first started producing them though it is in a locked case in a thrift store here called the Big Chicken Barn why is it called that because it is in a giant fucking chicken barn (laughs) um I don't know. I think it's in a locked case just because of the value of all of the rest of the items in the lot. Have thrift you seen was... it?
1: Yeah. Can you take a picture for the Instagram?
0: Yeah, I can actually, I can go do that, uh, tomorrow morning. Cool. Hell yeah. Plus I would, I can go thrift, I fucking love thrifting. Thrifting works weird here though, it's all in lots, um, oh, and yeah. it's like consignment almost, um. Yeah, uh,
1: that's how it is in like some of the weird places in Washington,
0: mm-hmm yeah for sure um yeah so that's uh that's kind of a little bit of the history of the Ouija board there um and of course we'll post a picture on the Instagram for those who haven't seen a Ouija board however I think if you're listening to this show you probably have yeah. um <laughs> and um the way that you communicate it is everyone lays their hands on a planchette and the channeled energy and the intent of speaking with a spirit is what makes the planchette move. Um, so you can talk to a spirit and it communicates through everyone involved. So it's kind of pretty similar to a seance. It's like, you know, use your own seance with you guys as the mediums, you know? Yeah,
1: it's a group activity.
0: Yeah. Um, or it cannot be a group. Like, it can, you can do it yourself. I mean, I can't guarantee that it's necessarily going to work, but there's... You know, if it is true that you are actually communicating with the spirits, then I see no reason why you wouldn't be able to channel that through yourself. Just bring your cat along. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of channeling spirits through yourself, um, another thing which I really couldn't find a lot of information about, and I think it's mostly because if you are using this knowledge... Um, in like a a practical or business sense or you are a medium or you are training to become a medium or you are training to do any kind of divination a lot of it is not necessarily closed practice but it's knowledge that's being passed down from one person to another Um, is the use of cardomancy or tarot uh, to divine uh, responses from the spirits Um, so tarot obviously is a card game um it's a quick super super quick timeline i get this from uh (laughs) lightwarriorslegion.com um but tarot um the first mentions of tarot tarot originated in 1370 um, but there's not many references for it after that Um, there's a lot of talk about it coming into Venice and Italy. There's a lot of talk about it being like the European traditional tarot that we see today and what that's based on, um, was created in order to amuse, uh, King Charles VI of France, who probably had some psychological issues, it says here, (laughs) um, And then in uh, France in 1397, there was actually a ban on working class people playing tennis ball cards um, or nine pins except on holidays. So we're seeing another division of class there. Um, During the 15th century, tarot cards were hand painted and had princely houses of northern Italy and France. So it was something that was very prevalent in Italy and France. There is some confusion as to, or like kind of like lore that is, it's fucking made up by, you know, people that were trying to make it into something that it wasn't. So in the same way that I'm trying to find the words to say this in a way that comes across well, there are a lot of misconceptions about tarot because it's relation to Romani people. Um, And that it is uh, a closed practice and Roma people only should be practicing it, which is incorrect. There's also like the whole idea not to get too far into like the political and historical side of that is just the reason why it's so prevalent in Roma society is because Roma people were pretty much relegated to divination um, and fortune telling uh, in order to have any kind of income uh, in Europe, in France, in Italy, in England, because of just a bunch of stuff. If you want more information on that, you can you can Google it yourself. Um, but there's this idea that tarot cards, and this is actually seeded by a man named Jean-Baptiste Allette, um, who was a seed merchant under the pseudonym of Attila. Um, who was a French occultist and uh, was a fortune teller and professed that uh, Tarot came from Egypt and that he kind of like turned it into um, his own interpretation of it. And another man named Anton Gablin, who's another French guy, I fucked that up super bad, (laughs) uh, reinterpreted the deck as the Lost Book of Thoth, um, who's the Egyptian god of knowledge, um, and was brought to Europe by Roma people who had been safeguarding it since it had been entrusted to them by Egyptian priests forced to encode and conceal their most precious secrets in the game to ensure their survival as their liberties or libraries burned thousands of years ago, which is super funny. Uh, because it's that whole thing is incredibly racist, the idea of Roma people coming from Italy or not Italy from Egypt um, and it's essentially entirely based on the color of their skin and absolutely nothing to do with the traveling people um, who I am part of. like that's that's my family history. So it's always super funny to me getting into tarot. but In regards to ghost hunting, tarot has been used by multiple people and and is still a a skill that's taught to use that divination skill in order to commune with the dead. Sorry, that was a really long rant. (laughs) Um, But essentially, um, when you do a card reading... You sit down and uh, there's 78 cards. It's split into two groups. You've got the major arcana, which are like um, things like the sun and um, death and the tower and like the major cards, which is why they're called major arcana. <laughs> 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 um, and then the minor arcana, which are things, the suits like rings and cups and, and wands, depending on which deck you're using. And there's a bunch of decks um it also goes back to like you know Alistair Crowley had his hand in it there's like a bunch of like european occultists that had their hand in these things but really it's probably just a card game that originated in italy or france um and then was adopted by roma people in order to make money um, okay, okay yeah but uh, but people will sit down and they will call upon spirits uh call them into themselves so that they can channel the spirits of the dead i actually have um using tarot cards to communicate with ghosts by celine graham on a blog called ghostly activities um saying kind of like an outline of how to do this um that you're never to allow the spirit to enter your mind that you want to start the session telling the spirits that it may only guide your hand to the right card
1: wait hold on does she tell you how to not let it get into your mind no dude there's some ghosts and minds right now because
0: of that i'm sure <laughs> i would not be surprised there's some, well that's the whole thing with like my dad being like don't use a ouija board because you're inviting spirits into your home and if you invite spirits into your home then you invite them into other things like just don't i personally it's like not like unfuckable with like don't <laughs> do that shit you know um Especially like, I mean, if you're like a person that's like a trained medium and you've been doing this for like a really long, like, I realize they're going to be skeptics. I don't know what I believe. I'm like on the fence about everything in my entire life. I'm literally just trying to vibe. Yeah, um, I so. I am of the
1: camp that I desperately want to believe. Yeah, um, but I don't. Yeah,
0: I I want I want to believe. I do. I don't. Fuck. It's like it's hard. I'm not going to. Yeah. It's it's, it's hard fence. out here for a skeptic. It's a true. spooky skeptic. It's a, spoo- a spooky skeptic, for real. Um, so you're supposed to tell the spirits that you have the power to end the session when you want. That's similar to a Ouija board. You have a goodbye. Like, if you get freaked out, you can just be like, bye, sever the connection, you're done. Um, and tell it exactly how you want it to communicate or confirm a card. So basically, you know, it's com- common sense, communication, okay. Okay. you know. Okay. Make sure that you're communing with the spirits and that, that communication is open. Um, it then goes into a kind of very detailed route of how to, you know, communicate with spirits, with the different cards and interpret those meanings. Personally, in my own practice, um, I think that when you're using an oracle to tell you something, I'm much more in like the Junjian camp of like, I think that it is like a route to your subconscious. Um, I don't necessarily think that you're using it to tell the future. But I do think that it can give you, you know, insight into what's going on. But I also understand that when you are channeling, when some people are channeling, um, they're channeling something in order to get those predictions for other people. So if like people are able to channel it to do readings for people, I'm sure that they are able to reach out further into the spirit realm, especially if they're a medium, which we've already kind of covered. So that's... That's where that
1: is. Yeah, and I'm of the same camp as you. Like, it's like a... Tarot cards, to me, are, like, another way for you to think about your situation. You know, like, they just pinpoint things, and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I haven't thought about that in a while. Let me spend some time worrying about this or something, you know? (laughs) Right, or
0: just (laughs) investigating further, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah, so there is also a woman that I found who uses tarot cards in her practice of being a medium and ghost hunter. Um, It's a woman named Evie Lockery. Oh my god, I fucked that up so bad. I'm so sorry (laughs) for everything to everyone. Um, And... She is from the UK, um, I believe Scotland, and she has been feeling and channeling spirit energy. Um, It's something that she describes as a gift she's always possessed uh, and helping others to connect with their past and futures through the supernatural world feels natural to me. Um, She said she started working her life as a ghost hunter and for the last 20 years has been taking groups around some of the most interesting places in the UK and Europe old houses, abandoned buildings, and sites occupied by the paranormal. (coughs) Uh, She says, though most people cannot see them, these spirits are ever present. They never leave them. Um, And one of the tools that she uses in order to commune with these spirits are uh, tarot cards. Um, If she's using cards, she gets the client to shuffle the cards and split them into three piles. Um, They would then pick out the cards from the pile and she interprets what they have picked. and that's, you know, it's very similar to, to other readings. Um, everyone's practice, of course, is different. She also uses a technique uh, very similar to uh, Rorschach test, where she has um, her clients pick out wax crayons and melt them onto photo paper and allows them to become an image. And then she interprets that image based on what the spirit is, is saying. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Super interesting. Um. Yeah, so those are some uh, more of the older historical practices. Um, moving on, we actually get into you know the modern realm of things, which as everyone I'm sure has seen is uh, voice recording.
1: I'm familiar <laughs> with voice recording. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, so in ghost hunting or in in para like paranormal. Um, not activity. In paranormal, investigation. Investigation <laughs> and in paranormal circles, it's something that's known as either EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. Uh, a newer term has also been coined as uh, ETC, which is instrumental trans transcommunication. Um, I don't like that one. <laughs> I like EVP a lot better. Yeah, it just it just rolls off the tongue. Also, phenomena is is yeah. in the word, and I like the word phenomena. It I do rolls too. off my tongue as well.
1: <laughs> it makes me think of the phenom.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I got this from How Stuff Works, which is one of my favorite places to get information, um, and also a website called The Conversation. Uh, hearing ghost forces relies on pseudosounds and the fallibility of human perception. So we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, so. When talking about voice recordings, actually, this goes back pretty far as well. So even Thomas Alva Edison, whose middle name I didn't know was Alva until I started doing this research, um, believed that one day we would build a machine that would make it possible for humans to communicate with the the dead. Um, His direct quote is, if our personality survives, then it is strictly logical or scientific to assume that it retains memory, intellect, other facilities... And knowledge that we acquired on this earth. Therefore, if we can evolve an instrument so delicate as to be affected by our personality as it survives in the next life, such an instrument, when made available, ought to record something. So obviously, Thomas Edison even believed that we would be able to use recording equipment in order to, you know, detect the thoughts of spirits (laughs) essentially um and even going back uh to 1949 marcello bacci bacci whatever i'm sorry (laughs) um of italy began recording voices with an old tube radio um a few years later two italian priests named father ernetti and father gamelli I'm sorry. Those are cute cute names. Yeah, Arnene and Gamelli. They're going to start a little pasta shop together. No, I'm I'm sorry. That was, is that, is that racist against Italians? I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like they're
1: going to open like a gumdrop candy shop or something. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: You know, knowing them, the the scamps. Those fathers. (laughs) Um, so they were trying to record Gregorian chants on a magnetophone, but their machine yeah, kept breaking. as you do, as you do. Right, exactly. Um, and Father Gamelli uh, looked up and asked his father for help, and his dead father's disembodied voice answered from the magnetophone, Of course I shall help you. I'm always with you. Um, so voice recording ghosts goes back like pretty decently far. Um, But in modern times, you know, people use regular digital voice recorders. Um, They use things like tape recorders, like, you know, like interviewers would use. Um, And they classify it into three different categories. So class A voices are very clear and super easily understandable. So when they go back through the audio, you can just immediately hear like a voice uh class b voices are fairly loud and clear and are sometimes audible without headphones and class c voices are very soft and often indecipherable shit Uh, yeah uh regardless of how clear the recording is the voices rarely speak for more than a few seconds at a time and researcher yeah sorry researchers spend hours listening again and again to decipher the meaning behind just a few seconds of sound Um, it's also been said that sometimes researchers, while they're recording, will play a fan in the background, uh, or white noise because it helps to decipher when you look at it, when you put it into a program, for example, like Audacity, and you're looking at the actual waveforms, you're able to kind of cut out that white noise and decipher if it's an actual voice speaking. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So that's, technology. Yeah, look at that. (laughs) Um... (laughs) In a similar vein, we have the ghost box, uh, which is another electronic device. It was specifically constructed in an attempt to capture that voice phenomena uh, and is known as Frank's box or the ghost box. I like um, ghost box better. I do. Frank's box is kind of like, eh. and it's we'll kinda, get into it. That's kind of sexual. <laughs> Frank's Frank's box. <laughs> I'm speaking into Frank's box. <laughs> I'll show you my ghost box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I got this information from the EDP Wikipedia page, uh, something called thehauntedlibrary.com, um, article about the creator, Frank Sumption, who was under the uh, assumption that he was going to be speaking with ghosts. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Thanks. <laughs> Um, and also a website called com, which has a blog, and they do coffee and ice cream, and that's oh super my cute God. and great, and I love it. Where are it. they based out of? Uh,
1: I don't know, actually.
0: I can probably... Take a guess
1: first and then find out.
0: I'm going to say somewhere in Canada, actually. I kind of want to say Ireland? Maybe Boston? I don't know. Let's find out. Sinister sinister coffee and Creamery. oh it's fucking portland bet oh, wow well, yeah portland oregon makes so much sense
1: <laughs> that's not surprising <laughs>
0: uh not at all but yeah it's great um so if you're in portland oregon definitely check out sinister coffee and creamery um So, the ghost box was a box created in 2002 by an EVP enthusiast named, like I said, Frank Sumption, Um, and it was supposed to be designed for real-time communication with the dead. Uh, Frank also claims that he received the instructions on how to create the box from spirits, Um, so... Once again, you know, being dictated to by spirits. We've got a lot of that in this series. Yeah, Um, I think
1: that's, like, going to be a
0: common theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. The... White noise, so it's a white noise generator and an AM radio receiver. And the way that it works is it sweeps back and forth through the AM bands, selecting split second snippets of sound, which is why when you hear it used on, for example, Ghost Adventures, it sounds like like that, and there's like consistent white noise and it clips through all of the bands. Um, And then the idea is that when a spirit is manipulating the box or coming to the box and like speaking through it, it will like make it will vocalize words. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, there was a paranormal researcher named Ben Radford who wrote that Frank's box or the ghost box, who's <laughs> a modern day <laughs> version of the Ouija board, um, and was also called the broken radio. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just another way of picking up EVPs. I love an EVP. Yeah.
1: Well, I have some fun stuff to share with you as well. I'm excited to hear it. Uh, I was super stoked to do research on EMF readers. I'm doing a Whee! stupid dance right now. You can't see. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love dances. Uh, um, yeah. The, the EMF reader is like, when I think of ghost hunters, I immediately think of EMF readers. Like it's... It's like their swan song or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also, I just remember, like, watching Ghost Hunters as a kid and watching the, like, EMF stuff and just thinking that and, like, the way that they look so dumb in yeah. uh, the
1: Night Vision shots. <laughs> God, it's so weird. Their eyes are all bizarre and,
0: yeah, I love it. I'm they just it. make, they make, they seem to make the funniest faces while that stuff is happening. Um, yeah,
1: um, actually, I saw um, a little ad today that Ghost Tober is
0: about to start. so
1: <laughs> mm. uh, so be ready for that. Uh, okay. So I got this information from the Wikipedia for EMF stuff just to like get some actual science stuff on it. Um, I also checked out an article on the website instrumentchoice.com.au. Um, I also used an article, um, from spectrumlocalnews.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. So (laughs) E-M-F. What's it stand for? (laughs) It stands for electromagnetic fields. Oh my God. Right? So cool. Anyways, um... So EMF measurements are measurements of ambient or surrounding electromagnetic fields that are performed using particular sensors or probes, such as EMF meters. These probes can be generally considered as antennas, although with different characteristics. Um, The electromagnetic fields occur in nature and from human-made sources. So basically, everything's just a bunch of electrical... electrico-magnetic fields. <laughs> and, yes. um, when I was going to school for electrical engineering, we actually had to talk about this shit, and it is fucking abstract.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> to wrap your head around, like, fuck, dude. Holy shit. It's...
0: So it's so... already, like, a pretty <laughs> difficult subject to, like, understand, and then it was just, you know, co-opted by a bunch of dudes with a van that says TAPS.
1: Yeah, you know. Like, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they occur in nature and from man made sources. And natural examples include like electrical charges from thunderstorms or the Earth's magnetic fields, you know, like our, our poles, like the North Pole and stuff like that. Um, also, like x rays, TV antennas, electrical wiring, um, any kind of electrical appliance. Um, these are all well known industrial sources of electromagnetic fields. So, EMF meters are a popular tool for, like, using at your house, or a lot of workplaces use them. So they're an actual thing that are used for real, scientifically proven things. <laughs> yeah. um, but, ghost hunters started using EMF readers to try to gather some, like, tangible data in their hunts, because, um, you know, like tangible data is great people love a tangible data right uh so
0: the more you can prove it's something is scientific the more people generally also uh want to believe what you're saying yeah that's how i feel about stuff (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely i actually saw like a statistic when i was looking at like ghost hunting stuff when we were obviously when we were doing research i can't remember the exact number but it was like the amount of people who watch shows like ghost adventures or ghost hunters um when they believe that something has like a scientific basis the amount of people that believe what they're seeing or the phenomena that they're seeing is factual is much higher than if it's just like relying on you know quote-unquote traditional methods or just someone saying they're channeling a spirit because there's no scientific back like basis for it
1: yeah well that makes me feel better a little bit about the yeah, humans. Yeah, well, it's also... The humans. <laughs> but,
0: it makes me feel better like, about
1: Loki. the humans. God. I'm an
0: alien. Yeah, generally. Generally. <laughs> the humans. Um, but when we were talking about, like, the Fox sisters, like, when she took her shoe off and she had... Well, even before that, when they were, like, examined for hoaxes. Oh, know? yeah. Like, that... People were... Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. There was <laughs> someone in an RV in front of me and my window is open. <laughs> Speaking of ghosts, sorry to get off topic just walked across their front window, which is directly opposed to my window, and there's just enough light for me to see a white robe traveling, no. but I can also see my reflection in the window, <laughs> and I thought it was behind me, and I was like, this is not happening right now. Uh, it's like me and my just, cat the last time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my god. But It's just god. Diane. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> just oh old my god spooky diane <laughs> sorry that scared the
1: shit out of me for a second cool. it's so it's relevant really okay so back to emf stuff sorry. um <laughs> so they think the, the way they're using it for ghost hunting is you know if there's an electrical field hanging around and they see it spiking for no reason mm-hmm. you know it could be ghosts my dog is making noises that's not me just for the record <laughs> He's making um,
0: spooky ghost noises.
1: Yeah, he's grunting around. It's weird. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, so they look for a spike in the electrical field and say it's ghosts. Uh, in the movie Ghostbusters, they used a PKE meter, which measured psychokinetic energy, um, which isn't like a
0: They're real. Those aren't real.
1: Um, no. <laughs> it's just like a, a fun movie prop. Um, but the idea that you could pick up ghosts in like these fields and energy sources has been around for decades. Um, so it's not surprising that when a thing that actually does that hit the market, people were like, I'm gonna fucking get a ghost. Gummer. Gummer fucking up. get a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where was I? So I had trouble finding like exactly when the EMF readers started being used for ghost hunting. Um But just know that it was probably soon after it was invented, which was in our lifetime, really, unless you were unless you're really young, then it wasn't then you were still dead when they were invented. But we were alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um So pretty much every ghost hunting show out there uses uh, some form of these readers. They're like a really popular tool. Um, I bet... Mm. I know, I see you. I bet um, Like if you don't have one and you're trying to be a legitimate ghost hunter that people think you're a piece of shit
0: <laughs> yeah In honestly <laughs> through the fucking yeah just down yeah. the fucking toilet honestly you yeah. show up to my house and you don't have a fucking emf okay. reader get the fuck out like who yeah, are you like
1: what are you even doing here <laughs> get out of here
0: <laughs> <God>. um,
1: <laughs> so the thought that uh, ghosts disrupt electric electromagnetic fields is a theory that's been floating around uh, for so so long but it has still yet to be proven. Like they just can't, they can't. Like, how do you, how do you? Um, So I was trying to find out like, how would someone prove that? Like, how would you prove that a spike is something that you can't see? So I found this article from the Spectrum Local News and it's titled Ghost Hunting Tools Created in Central New York about the, um, and it's about the company K2 Enterprises and they're the ones that created the EMF reader and they created it back in the 90s um, and Keith Tupper he's the owner of the company and he's, um, he's the one who started it and made the reader like him and his team were the ones who made these things um, so he talked to this local news site and this was about 15 years ago that the article came out yes it's an older article which I think works um, but he's, oh no, it was about 15 years ago that he said people started buying devices for ghost hunting, but the article itself is also old. That's confusing. Just know it was years ago. <laughs>
0: right. Either way, years uh, ago. So many yeah, this is, yeah, this is,
1: yeah, fucking years ago. Uh, <laughs> so this is from the article and not my words, but it was just like, so perfect. I had to just read it we don't have a handle on why and all we know is what triggers us we know an electrical magnetic field passes through here what generated it where does it come from don't know what we do know is that our instrument detected something said tepper keith says he Love has seen that. things <laughs> i know it's so great and like weird <laughs>
0: out and say we picked something up don't know what it is it's like that radio wave that's just coming from fucking space
1: like "Ah, i picture him just just like leaning over his counter just like shooting the shit with this reporter that's the image i have (laughs) in my mind yeah Uh, so keith says he's seen things that are tough to explain my friends and i thought and this is the reporter my friends and i thought that we'd give it a try trying to communicate with the paranormal we took a trip to the Oakland Cemetery in Cerro Cruz, where paranormal investigations have been conducted before. As amateurs, who know little to nothing about ghost hunting, we simply asked questions and waited for the meter to light up. Sometimes, in the middle of the dark, empty cemetery, the reader would light up, and sometimes it would not. So, what are some explanations for the reader spiking when there was no clear electrical source? You can move it this way, this way, and this way, through the fields. (laughs) said Tupper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Uh, the great. meter Tupper and his team created is called a single plane reader. EMFs are emitted, if you think of it, coming from a motor in three planes, X, Y, and Z. Uh, we do what we call single plane axis, but if you rotate the meter in your hand, you'll catch all three axis- axes, said Tupper. If your reader spikes when you move it and stops when you move it again, it could be that it's just hitting one of the axes. It will pick up a stray electrical magnetic field pulse that comes from a phone even, from from the ghost hunter's pocket, said Tupper. (laughs) Keith stands by the fact that his team created an instrument that simply detects EMFs. That's it. But he's seen some things that make him question what can't be seen. I can't deny it. I can't confirm it. I can say our instrument instruments only detect EMFs. So when it goes off, it detected a field. What's the source it's attributed to? That's the question you have, said Tupper.
0: Yeah, so he's like, I'm a fucking no. I just, he's like, literally, like that fucking scene from fucking that. Uh, what's. Oh, God. Uh, Goodwill hunting? Where are just like, I oh, don't oh, fucking know. Yeah. I just created a fucking thing yep. and it reads EMF. I don't know how it does it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's ghost. Don't ask me. I'm a janitor. How did I would, like, create the EMF? Thing. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. I love it. Um, so So good. yeah, basically, um, so if you don't keep your EMF level and you catch an axis, it can spike. So it could be, you know... Giving false readings to people who are trying to detect ghosts and are like willy nillying their EMF
0: reader. Yeah, just like tossing it around.
1: Yeah, they're just like whipping it, <laughs> whipping it into dark corners.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: So if you're going to do some ghost hunting, like try to, you know, keep it level. Keep it. Yeah, keep your EMF on a single plane, dude. Yeah, keep it Don't on that fucking X plane, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really interesting and really telling um, at the same time. <laughs> Very, yeah. <laughs> it
0: seems uh, like a common theme.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I also looked into if infrared thermometers, uh, because ghosts are thought to be cold spots. Like, um, you see it all the time in, like, spooky shows and movies. They'll be like... Hanging out in a room, and then all of a sudden, like the whole room becomes cold, and you can see the actor's breath and stuff. Yeah, uh, and they're like, "Oh shit, a ghost is here!" Oh um, my so, God. Yeah, so ghosts are just like cold, really. Um, How do we? But, Maybe they just see the well, fucking ghost. I'm gonna blanket. get into that. Actually,
0: I'm very excited to hear.
1: Um. So let's see, where was I? It should be noted that these ghostly cold spots or the absence of heat is not necessarily cold per se. The thought behind this is that ghosts will pull the heat from the air and use it as energy to do their spookings.
0: Obviously. And this is,
1: this is, like, the same reasoning um, that, like, electrical failures and stuff are attributed to ghosts. It's like they're trying to pull energy to, like knock your pen off the desk or something.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw the Doctor Who episode, and I know all about that. I didn't. Okay. It's, <laughs> not, it's not. It's just, like, the idea that ghosts aren't ghosts. They're, like, aliens. And that they're trying okay, to, like, okay. suck energy to, like, bridge into a form that can be seen and, like, do stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah. It's not
1: necessarily that they're cold spots. It's just that they're pulling the heat to do their spooky biddings. But because of this, various temperature gauges are used to detect cold spots like infrared thermometers. (laughs) Um, And these specific kinds of thermometers are popular because they measure temperatures from a distance. Uh, It uses a laser. So you you just like hold it and point the laser and it'll just like read the surface temperature of that thing that it's on. Um, nice. Yeah, they're actually pretty dope. I've used I've used a couple for not ghost hunting. Um,
0: yeah, usually to check my uh, temperature.
1: Yeah. Or also the know.
0: temperature of like a, a turkey. A turkey, yeah. True, 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 true. <laughs> <laughs> not like a live turkey like a dead turkey in an You're, oven, like, you know?
1: Driving down a canyon, like, oh that fucking foul, I'm gonna look at it. It's temperature. Wow, that's foul. <laughs>
0: Oh man. Damn, you a hot mama. What's up? <laughs> Just, that's how I'm gonna pick people up from now on. Dude, to, like pull out a you thermometer get a, and be like, get, wow, you're hot. Get a keychain infrared
1: thermometer, dude, and use it to pick oh up people God. in bars. It mm-hmm. would also be good to see if they're showing symptoms of COVID. Amazing. Yeah, it's double <laughs> whammy right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyways, uh, so taking it one step further, um, infrared thermo imaging is also a very popular tool. Um, these cameras can detect temperature changes um, and they detect like the cold spots and shit and you get to see you have an, an image with it. It's not just like numbers on a screen. Um, so it's like typically blob-like stuff unless it's like, you know, you're looking through your little thing and you can see a person standing there, then you can see, you know, their body and if they're ovulating or not or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, or they make a dumb fucking face and you can see their dumb face in the fucking picture. Yeah, it's really cool. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> um, But I did find that just because your thermo-imaging camera picks up a cold spot doesn't necessarily mean it's a ghost. You need to do some other further investigating because cold spots in a room or whatever could also mean that the wall has water damage. Um, It could also just mean that it's a drafty seam in the house, Um, or it can even be just missing insulation behind that wall. Um, So keep that in mind. If you're going to be a ghost hunter, do full research of the area. Um, These cameras also pick up residuals or the warmth from someone touching something and then transferring heat. So, like, you can see someone's footprints if they're walking barefoot. Um, So, also, make sure your ghost hunting team is not touching a bunch of shit if you're trying to use this. Although, I guess ghosts aren't hot, so touch everything,
0: then. See what's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Touch all of the things. I think it's really cool when you can see their footprints. I think so, too. I I love a footprint moment. Obviously, we're big Clue fans, so (laughs) any kind of footprint, I like that. In Phasmophobia, one of the tools that you can use is salt, so that you can, like, lay down salt and, like, see if you can see footprints tracking through it.
1: Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the analog stuff that people use for ghost hunting involves, like, salt or, like, um, you know, like, the trip wires and stuff like that
0: yeah um, or um just observing phenomenon of like doors slamming shut uh things falling down the stairs um dogs and cats acting strange yeah so those are like I mean obviously we kind of talked about like older methods of like actually like a communing with spirits but like those kinds of things have like always been something that's prevalent knocks on yeah. doors you know, coming four-year-old from a place. little
1: girls telling you about the spooky man that comes and visits her.
0: <laughs> oh, I was that four-year-old. One hundred. Oh my god! Don't it's scary. <laughs> yeah, my grandfather used to come and tell me stories, like family stories that I should have no business like knowing about, uh, oh, at the end of my bed, and then I would tell my mom, and she would be like, "Who told you that?" And I'd be like, "Grandpa told me last <laughs> night," and she'd be like, "Ah." okay <laughs> was
1: your grandpa dead at the time yeah he was hella dead <laughs> what yeah what oh my god dude i thought your grandpa was just literally like walking in your room and be like hey let me give you some dirt on your mom <laughs> no. no
0: no 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 it was like a fully dead man <laughs> oh, shit. i mean like not like his, like obviously like not like a zombie or like a skeleton but like a spirit
1: Oh my god we we have to talk further about this for during the ghost
0: listener episode. Oh we will yeah we'll we'll go into it. Holy <laughs> shit dude
1: you just dropped yeah. a bomb bro <laughs>
0: yeah dude I was a uh, I was kind
1: of a medium myself <laughs> oh shit I'm so excited to hear more about that okay I'm gonna I gotta move on mm-hmm. but we will circle back to this <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so four-year-old little girls (laughs) know what's up about ghosts. Um, Moving on from those imaging cameras, uh, I'm going to talk about night vision. um, Because, yeah, it's a very popular tool. Um, Even though people have seen, there's been so many ghost sightings in the day, um, a lot of people insist on doing spooky shit at night.
0: Um, which is something that I've literally never, ever thought of until literally just now. (laughs) Like, right when you fucking said it, I'm like, why is all of this shit happening at night? Why do people think this stuff only happens at night? I have never seen a paranormal investigation in the fucking daytime. No. What? What? Yeah. It's just go there during the day, guys. It's cool. I,
1: why the fuck?
0: Yeah. And I, Maybe it's I know that stuff only works during the nighttime, like the in like the thermal stuff because it like it's not. warm outside. No. no, okay, that's not how that works. Okay, no. Otherwise, why would like
1: so many other workforces use them?
0: Yeah, you write, you
1: write for sure. <laughs> but <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, one thing that makes it um, understandable they would do things at night is, like, the witching hour, um, you know, they believe, some people believe that the witching hour is, like, 3 a.m., uh, some believe it's midnight, some believe it's 4, so I guess, yeah, just fucking hit them all, do it all at night, um, Hell yeah. but yeah, it should be known that, like, a lot of, a lot of the shit that's been reported has been from daytime, <laughs> hmm. uh, you know, when people are awake to see it. So, but moving on to night vision, it's also just a cool aesthetic. Um. Right.
0: Well, unless you're from Ghost Hunters and you make a dumb face, and then God. it's not really a super cool aesthetic. It's actually, you just kind of... It's weird. I don't know. I, it's, like, in my head. Like, whenever I think of ghost hunting, I just think of, like, the bald guy from Taps, like, turning around and being, like, his eyes are, like, wide, but, like, they look not wide. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's just weird because of the night vision, and that's always what I think about.
1: I know. It's, it's not a good look. Um, No, it's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it is a choice look. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I got this information from Bushnell.com, which I think they sell cameras. um, So I believe them. And then (laughs) ghostinformer.com.
0: Amazing. It's almost like game informer, but for ghosts. I know. It's so awesome.
1: Okay. So, (laughs) Cameras, obviously, have been used uh, for ghost hunting since they were readily available to people because it's um, it's really just such an obvious choice. Like, fucking take pictures of shit or record video when you can't right. be there. Like, yeah, fucking duh. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, regular cameras work for daytime ghost hunting. But for that nighttime spook time, you got to use night vision technology. That's true. So how does it work exactly? Well, I looked it up for you.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Um, Tell us all about and, it.
1: <laughs> so this is a nice little summed up way uh, from the article on Bushnell.com. Uh, so these are their words, um, including that. Um, I'm tacking that onto them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are actually two similar technologies used in night vision equipment, traditional night vision Devices use optoelectronic image enhancement, which works by sensing small amounts of infrared light that are reflected off objects and then electrically amplifying that light into a characteristic glowing green image. A newer technology, digital image enhancement, captures available light on a digital image sensor and then digitally enhances the images in a full color display. So when you see those green images, that's the old shit they have new shit now that makes people look normal so Ish. if they're still using that night night vision green shit they doing it's all for the aesthetic yeah it's yeah. all for the aesthetic at that point
0: which I do fun. love I love to it, see it though. yeah
1: uh so yeah um, especially
0: when it's Zach Baggins <laughs> right yeah
1: oh I told God, you so I good. saw him
0: in person right yeah I oh, it's so fucking cool. I'm so in love with yeah. that man. He oh okay, anyway, we'll talk whatever. more
1: about it in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so basically these night vision things, um, they help the human eye see infrared because uh, human eyes can't do that. They can see right. IR in like very specific conditions, uh, but like just going about your fucking day to day, you're not gonna see infrared stuff. So, it uses that shit to catch shit that we can't see. So, it makes sense that people would think that you could find a ghost. But now, apparently, there's some shifting thoughts in the ghost hunting world. Because, like, what if ghosts don't hang out in the IR spectrum? What if they hang out in the UV spectrum? So, there's a big Mm. push for using full-spectrum cameras. Um, And I have this little infographic to show that we can we'll put on the Instagram, but it shows like visible light, like what we can see and where the IR and the UV bands are, so you can see like how much these cameras are actually catching, which is almost all of it. Um but yeah, the this article just goes on to explain that um using the full spectrum camera you also have more flexibility. Um, Because you can use any light source at that point. So when you're just using old time night vision, you have to use an IR light because that's Mm. the only thing it's going to pick up. But with these, yeah, these full spectrum ones, you can use like a flashlight or like your heart light, whatever. It'll catch it and full spectrum it.
0: So you can, you know, like do it uh, during the daytime. You can do it during the daytime. I feel like this needs to be like I. I feel like the world needs to know. Like ghost hunters petition your bosses to let you ghost hunt in the daytime. I don't know who your boss is, or if you're your own boss. You should petition yourself because what the fuck? For real,
1: you too can have a fucking nine to five.
0: A regular. <laughs> 9 to
1: 5. <laughs>
0: right. Just in the do it in the daytime. Yeah. It's probably so much safer, honestly. <laughs> uh, you know what it is? It's because during the daytime is when, like, all the normal people are awake and they have to do the interviews during the daytime, and then that leaves only the night to do stuff. Oh, yeah.
1: true, 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 true. That's also, <laughs> normal people or regular people or non ghost hunting people are awake during the daytime and they can see you carrying around your weird shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. It's just the embarrassment. That's what it is. try to cover it up. Okay. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> like weird uh, fucking bag of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, right. What is that person doing?
1: <laughs> uh, I, yeah, love it. Uh no so then to you ghost
0: hunters if we know anybody yeah. listening to the show that's a ghost hunter like all jokes We want to you know. we wanna talk to We want
1: to talk to them too.
0: Yeah. Please. Yeah, you can uh, reach out to us either on our socials or through our our mail button on our website, com. Yeah. I mean We obviously
1: <laughs> are into this shit cuz we're doing a whole fucking season on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, literally like please
1: talk to us about it cuz it's cool as shit. But <laughs> you have to admit it's also funny too.
0: Yeah, cool, just funny, silly, quirky, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so I got to thinking, like, has a ghost ever been caught on camera? Like, can we conclusively say this is a ghost? Uh, So a lot of people think so, um, but there hasn't been anything actually conclusive. And a couple years ago, I think it was 2019, spooky season of 2019, um, (laughs) they did... I think it was the the Discovery Channel. They had, like, this whole fucking lineup that was super cool. And I watched as much of it as I could. And they did a live stream um, of their, like, paranormal investigation in Salem proper. And they investigated some of the houses. So they were going through, like, doing ghost hunting shit. And it it was live streamed. Um, So I was, like, I was fucking locked and loaded, dude. I was ready I was ready to bear witness to a fucking ghost caught on the internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> live, live on the internet. Um,
0: ghosts got wild.
1: Yeah, it didn't really happen. Um, but there were a lot of orbs. Like, a lot of people think that ghosts and spirits um, turn into circles, and they are orbs in cameras. Um. Which can I, also be dust. I was going to say, I think that it's dust particles. <laughs> um, especially since a lot of the orbs from the Salem
0: investigation
1: was in like a fucking clearly dusty old <clears throat> attic.
0: Yeah, uh, Salem just seems like a dusty place, honestly. I've never been there. I've driven past it. Not in it. But uh, yeah, it just seems like the whole place is covered in fucking dust. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Halloween time? Fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't dust. I mean, it's great. I love that aesthetic for them. In fact, it's, like, literally a draw, but... (laughs) Yeah, but, you know,
1: maybe these orbs are dust particles.
0: Um, I'd like to see an orb that size with, like, a person in front of it, and then it, like, floats behind a person. That's conclusive to me.
1: Yeah, and there was some orbs that would, like, show up in the middle of the screen and then phase out, and again, I just think it's catching the light. Yeah, yeah things move through space and time
0: yeah you can't can't fucking can't please a skeptic you know
1: yeah you really can't but please keep trying so (laughs) as i was looking around um i did run across this article on abc7news.com where this couple caught something it was definitely something on their nanny cam um, and their baby was in the room. And <laughs> it's fucking weird, dude. Because um, I watched it and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's not an orb. That's. Um, that looks like something there. And the woman saw it on her nanny cam. I think she was like in the kitchen or whatever and like ran in to get her daughter. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: duh.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you want to watch that interview, um, please do. Um, she did go on to say that she thinks that the ghost hurt her child and, um, maybe like choked her in her sleep, which I don't believe. I think babies hurt themselves all the time because they can't control their limbs. And (laughs) I think that she was scared out of her mind by what she saw and maybe was having some panicking, dreaming situations, but who's to say? Should we
0: describe what happens in the video?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do that. Um, so in the video, um, you see a baby, um, <clears throat> probably about a foot and a half tall. So. Mean <laughs> baby sized. I'm gonna say, um, less than two, more than one, years old. Um, yeah. And it's just. Um, doing baby stuff i don't know what <laughs> to <they> do <laughs> i don't know why i'm you talking about baby the baby stuff. um but you see um what looks to be you could call it a human form but it's definitely not a solid form um it's definitely uh
0: just like it looks like the predator like that's what i thought it looks like mini predator whatever it is it looks child size to me but it does that like weird glimmery thing. Yeah, and that it you like
1: <clears throat> Well, and it's back further in the room, so I think like forced perspective. I think it's probably would be more like the size of a adult. Yeah. Um, and it just like passes through the room at like a normal walking speed for a person. Um, and it is very startling. Um it's fucking yeah creepy as fuck and I also would react the same way she would if I saw that I would run and grab my child or my cat or my dog um if they were in know, the room I'd probably something. be like
0: damn I'm gonna wait until that thing leaves the no, I would.
1: it out dude ain't nobody taking my fur babies <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I I came Since up with Chilo's some your spine. yeah it's Very, very creepy. You should watch it. It's worth the watch. Um, But Noah and I came up with some hypothesis on what it could be, because we don't believe in ghosts. (laughs) Um, Noah, Yeah. Noah was like, I bet there's, like, a tiny, um, like, crack in the camera or something, and that, like, a car drove by at the right time, like, during the day that it caught reflection but it's scent. dark. Well, it's dark because it's a um, night vision camera.
0: I mean, like the, the 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 thing that moves is dark. Like it's like.
1: No, it's lighter than everything around it.
0: Is it? I it was yeah. like a
1: shadow. No, it's lighter than everything. Um, so okay. it could be, you know, because I've seen that happen in my own living room. We have a big ass window. Yeah. Um. Or. It could be, um, like, I don't know how nanny cams store their data. It could have been, like, a corrupted file situation and there was, like, an artifact of, you know, someone who had walked through the room. You know, like, when you record over something and it's, like, a corrupted file and there's, like, a piece of what you recorded over left. Yeah. So it could be something like that.
0: Oh my god, these people need to clean their fucking house.
1: Dude, that's what I fucking said, and I was trying not to say anything, because I didn't want to shame these people with the fucking house I live in, but I was like, damn, dude, you knew the news was coming to film in your house? <laughs>
0: <laughs> to and you credit, though, it doesn't look dirty in the video on the... Well, that's almost worse, though, because it's like, it I wasn't know. dirty, and now it is. <laughs> like... Well, and it's...
1: And it's just, like, clothes, it's, like, a bunch of clothes and stuff, and, like, you couldn't, like, throw a blanket over it, or, like, throw it under the baby crib, or something? Yeah. I
0: don't know, right? Dude. (laughs) Yeah, when I saw that, I was
1: like, what the (laughs) fuck, dude? If the news was coming to record in my house, I would, I would clean up a little bit. Man. But, (sighs) I don't know, man. Maybe they have no shame, and that's great. I have shame. I do. I definitely have. I don't I mean, want people
0: to really so see my fucking... I'm gonna turn
1: this off because I can't keep watching. <laughs>
0: it's worse <laughs> later on. As they move yeah. throughout the... Anyway, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so... so... yeah. <laughs>
1: That's... Those are um, the hypotheses that Noah and I came up with because there has to be some sort of logical explanation and if there's not then they fucking caught a ghost on nanny cam.
0: Honestly, I think it's a fucking ghost, dude. I just watched it like three times just the walking through... And it just, like, it looks like there's a thing at, like, where it's, like, passing in front of, like, a robe on the door where it casts a shadow on the darker, like, it's a darker presence on a lighter oh my object God. I'm, in the now room. Now I'm
1: gonna have to go rewatch it? Fuck, dude.
0: It's yeah, getting dark like, out right now, up and up I'm on, home like, alone! Well, you better crack out your ghost hunting equipment, because it's literally time. <laughs> All
1: I have is a cat! No! <laughs>
0: Mod, go uh-huh. search the house for ghosts. <laughs> also, I feel like looking at, like, the kid, like, f- fucking reacted to it, you know?
1: Yeah, but I don't put much stock into what babies do. I do. Because a baby would react to, like, if it was a light passing through, like a car passing. Like, I a mean, baby but would so react would a cat, to it. cat, though.
0: Yeah, but there's no cat there. Right, but if there was a, a baby. cat, it would be like the same I mean, they're pretty much the same thing, honestly. They just throw don't up put whenever they want. I don't much stock into
1: what my cat does either. <laughs> <laughs> she's honestly mostly worthless. We <laughs> <laughs> do love her, though. I love her so much. She's the cuddliest, cutest thing, and that's all she's good for. Literally, she <laughs>
0: fucking doesn't do anything else. If she tried to tell you there was a demon in the room, you'd be like, oh, come on, calm down.
1: <laughs> and she wouldn't. There's been times she's like cornered a wolf spider and like, this is it. She's fucking pulling her way, And she, we call her soft paws because she just like pads, mm-hmm. pads it a little bit and then lifts her hand up and it runs away. <laughs> she's not great. Wow. wow. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> a plus kid. <laughs> yeah. She's very cute though. She's so soft. Anyways, that's some stuff about ghosts on cameras. And you oh, all yeah. should watch that um, video. And please, uh, maybe we should when we release this episode, we should tweet out that video. And um, if you guys are listening, you should tweet us back and tell us what you think, if it's a ghost or not, or what yeah. your hypothesis is.
0: Yeah, or what you think it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. Cool, I'm into it.
0: Awesome. Um.
1: Anyways, so, right now, listeners, you may be thinking, how the hell can I afford all of these tools to jumpstart my ghost hunting career? Well, you're in luck, because you can buy a whole fucking ghost hunting kit from the company called Gen L, and it's on Amazon for
0: $159.
1: They, they are currently... The yeah, they're currently in stock because I looked at them today. I want to
0: hurry though because it is coming in October. It's
1: Ghosttober, so yeah, get get on it. Um, and the kit comes with your own EMF meter to measure EMF, a uh, portable motion sensor to monitor motion in the dark, an EVP recorder to capture electronic voice phenomena, a geophone. <laughs> Vibration detector to detect unseen vibration. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and a pen style infrared thermometer to test for cold spots. And it all comes in a deluxe carrying case to keep it all together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's out there for
0: you. You too can be a ghost hunting adventurer.
1: You really can. Like, nothing's stopping you.
0: No. Not even us. No. Maybe the daytime is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to dwell in the nighttime.
0: So be a vampire, maybe.
1: Yeah, and a ghost hunter. I don't know, you probably know a whole
0: lot more about ghost hunting if you're a vampire than if you're not one, I suppose, when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Vampires are dead, right? Technically, They're like the Living Dead, yeah.
1: And they like kill people,
0: so (laughs) consume people's life energy. Yeah, they probably see. They probably see ghosts. They probably see ghosts,
1: like the birth of a ghost.
0: Yeah. Did you ever watch that series, Being Human? No. It's like a ghost. Okay, the the British version, the BBC version, is a lot better than the American version. But it's like a ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire are roommates. Oh, cute! Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. You definitely should. I think both versions are on YouTube, but like I said, the British version is way better than the American version.
1: Are they under the same name?
0: Yeah, Being Human is what it's called. Okay, cool. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time.
1: All right, so there's a. There you have it. Yeah, and obviously there's many more ghost hunting tools, but these are some. Uh
0: like Heavy if you're yeah if you're gonna
1: <laughs> if you're gonna take your ghost hunting seriously yeah you,
0: you need these and if anybody else is gonna take you seriously as a ghost hunter you know yeah hitting the big ones
1: you have to have the deluxe carrying case
0: it's honestly that's what it is it's the deluxe carrying case that ties it all together really yeah you could get a deluxe backpack i would
1: accept that as well
0: I think i'd probably it's honestly it's portable and you know fashionable so
1: yeah i it has to be a hard a hard shell though
0: (laughs) like a turtle shell on your back (laughs) this is my ghost hunting ghost hunting trail
1: yeah you have to get a ghost hunting turtle shell backpack
0: yeah well there you have it folks uh episode three ghost hunting um Once again, if you guys have uh, an opinion about... Obviously, we're recording this pre-release as you would normally do. We wouldn't release it and then record it because that's dumb and (laughs) I think impossible. (laughs) Anyway. We should should try it out sometime. (laughs) We'll commune with the spirits and see what they have to say. Yeah. Uh, We're really, you know, popular on the... uh, a ethereal plane um anyway
1: we're, we're really big in hell
0: yeah that's <laughs> um So if you guys uh, have a theory about what the baby video is, please reach out to us. Um, Also, we are going to be gathering ghost stories that we're going to use for our final episode. We definitely need help from y'all. So if you have any paranormal experiences, communing with spirits, using a Ouija board, seeing a ghost, a Wega board, (laughs) seeing a (laughs) Ouija board, (laughs) Um, anything like that, definitely hit us up on all of our social media or any of our social media or the mail button at the bottom of the website once again that is bitesizepodcast.com that's b-y-t-e-s-i-z-e podcast.com also if you're interested in getting more of the spooky October goodies um, or just supporting the show in general we have multiple options on our Patreon um, and that can also be found on our website as well Um, yeah yeah thanks so much guys um, yeah. what have you been playing, Adrian? Um,
1: so I haven't played much things um, because <laughs> I needed to get caught up in the WWE universe so I could watch Extreme
0: Rules this last Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff going on. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I did. I've been spending a lot of time. Watching wrestling, and at one point I did get Noah to pretend to be interested for a small moment in time. Um, nice. It was short-lived, and I don't think it'll happen again anytime soon. But it felt <laughs> really good.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Have you been playing? Uh yeah, I uh I have been playing Dead by Daylight.
1: Still. Oh nice.
0: And again, Fitting. um yeah no, it's literally like I've been it's spooky season so that's like all I've been doing is I've been spookying I've been playing dead by daylight I've been playing amnesia rebirth and I've been playing cultist simulator I'm trying to keep all of my media extra spooky nice
1: I did just finish um the sundown hotel uh it's a book that came out I think last year um and it's about a haunted hotel and a murder mystery
0: oh fuck yeah we love was... both the haunted hotel and a murder mystery yeah
1: it was pretty decent I had a good time the sun what is it called the sundown I can't remember if it was motel or hotel but when you Mot- see the t- cover t- it's like t- I holiday. love the way it looks it's okay. like the aesthetic is I love
0: everything about it probably <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll have to check that out yeah do it check it out <clears throat> cool Well, um, once again, a big shout out and thank you to our patrons. If you're interested in doing that, hit up the website and, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see you again real soon. In two weeks, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.